Hey, y'all, it's Becca Hayes here, and here's some fun facts for you. Utah is ranked number three as the most toxic state in the country. Lead, arsenic, fluoride, chromium-6, that's the Aaron Brockovich chemical. Remember that movie? And there's hundreds of more toxins and chemicals found in your tap water. And all of these chemicals are known to cause so many diseases. Here's some big ones for you. Cancer, infertility, Alzheimer's, and the list goes on. Enough is enough. I switched out my entire water system in my house. So now I'm drinking and also my kids are drinking chemical and toxin-free water. And I can feel the difference. And I have the solution for you. Enaviv Water. It's an independent water research and consulting firm. So they have two sides. They have the research side where they come out and test your water for free. It's for free. They come out, test it, and then they tell you what's in your water. Don't you just want to know what you're drinking? I think you should know. Get your water tested today anywhere in the United States. They can test your water and help you fix the problem. Check out my friends at enaviv.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com or call 801-993-0080. If you mention my name, Becca Hayes, they will give you half off a chemical remover. Chemical free is the way to be. <laughs> Here we go. I have no energy for that introduction. I do. Okay. <laughs> you get a second wind? <laughs> no need. I'm always full wind. Okay. Everybody, welcome back to the Becca Hayes Show. I'm your host, Becca Hayes. And with me is Jacob Stansfield. Hi. Appreciate you being here, Jacob. You know, Becca Hayes, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I understand you used to be on the radio. Okay, don't bring that up. <laughs> yeah. What? Did you hear? Hang on, I gotta see. Somebody's at my door. What? Oh, maybe it's just the wind. I'm a rookie. I didn't even have my phone on vibrate. My bad. Okay, so this episode, I don't have a ton of energy for, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Well, I want you to know, I, I don't just podcast when I'm like high energy, happy, like it's just whenever I feel compelled to. So All right. it, it's just, you know, it's I'm a little tired from the everyday lifestyle I live, you know, yeah, the rich and the famous. I get you. Yeah, I can only imagine. Minus the rich and the famous. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, we're going to catch you up on everything that's gone down the last couple of weeks uh, in our personal lives. And the reason why I have Jacob on this podcast with me is, for one, he's pretty cool. For two, he's pretty cool. Hey, thanks. And for three. Go on. He's been with me through most of it. So mm. you're going to get his opinion, his side of things. Uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, I was just recently in Arizona. We're going to touch base on that and like the people that I met how I got there, why I went there, and what I've been doing around the house. And just recently, and actually Jacob just got home today from, uh, what do you call it? The nerd party? That's yeah, you, nerd yeah. convention. Nerd convention, so, <laughs> which I was at too. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So we're going to talk about that. And oh, also, my father was here. So I don't even know which which of the three main topics, well, four, because I've done a lot of yard work and I want to tell everybody what I've been doing in the yard. But which one do you think we should start off with first? This is your show. I just work here. Maybe chronologically, let's start with Arizona. Okay. God, I was hoping you're going to pick Nerd Party. Okay, we'll go with Arizona first. So I was actually originally going to LA that weekend because I was going to, for business. You can't yawn. I didn't yawn. Is that why you're wearing glasses so I can't see your... No. You have to talk on this one. I don't know what she's telling you, the you listener <laughs> folk. She's a liar. <laughs> you got freaking the shadiest of shades on and yeah. you're yawning. Yeah. I didn't yawn. Okay. Is your eyes open? Let me see your eyes. Let me see your eyes. There you go. Okay. Oh, I miss those eyes. So beautiful. They're really pretty. Hey, thanks. Yeah. If you guys get a minute, go on the... His Jacob's Instagram and Facebook and check out his beautiful eyes. Oh, it's private. Oh, is it? Yeah, they can't look. For real? It's private? Yeah. He wants to be private. Mm. I don't need the attention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, he has beautiful eyes and uh, we have actually the same eye color. So that therefore, it makes there it my, is. <laughs> my there eyes is. beautiful as well. <laughs> it's true though. It is true that we have the same color. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was supposed to be in L.A., I was planning on it, but some stuff fell through. And one of my good friends, Angela, which she's actually going to be on the podcast next week, her and her husband. And some, oh, you guys are not going to want to miss that podcast. It's going to be great information for you. And I had just recently, gosh, I've known Angela maybe two months now. Yeah. It was, it's a fairly new friendship. It's one of those friendships where you just meet this person and it seems like you've known each other forever. Your personality just completely hit it off. Yeah. Well, they're awesome. Yeah. Her and her husband are both just great. And her kids are wonderful. She, mm-hmm. They have two kids. We haven't been that close and known each other that long. And so it's funny to me that I get this text message from Angela. This is, this is like a week before I was supposed to go to L.A. And I was still technically planning on going LA. It wasn't confirmed yet that I wasn't going because I was like kind of back and forth on some things. She sends me this text message. She's like, hey girl. No, she didn't say that. That's Blair. (laughs) (laughs) That's Blair. (laughs) She's like, hey Becca. I'm assuming that's how she started it. Um, Do you want to go to Arizona with me? And there's going to be a bunch of other girls that are going as well. And there's like eight of us. Lucky. Yeah. So she doesn't even know everybody. And she's inviting me to this, like, bomb-ass house in Arizona. Yeah, the place is nice. It's a, it's a beautiful. I was jealous. It's like this beautiful mansion. I didn't realize you were in the friend of a friend situation. I didn't either. Uh. <laughs> I didn't know the owner was going to be there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought that, I thought. Did Ange not know the owner? She did. But not the other ones? No. Okay. So she she's like, hey, do you want to go to this this?" What was that? <laughs> I guarantee it was a cat. Oh it's always God. a cat. <laughs> that just scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I think. Or someone came to your door at the time that you're like, <laughs> I'm not going to check it. And now they're down Can here. You just peek around the corner. Rummaging. Please? I just want to make sure that we're not going to get slaughtered. We good? Oh, hello, sir. <laughs> Stop. I don't recognize you does in that hoodie. A, does he have a face mask on right now with holes in it? Is a, it white? It's just a dark hoodie. Oh gosh, we good? Yeah, it was okay. it was canvases. All right. 
that he knocked over. <laughs> oh, Reba? No. He? I don't know his name. Okay. Is it Jason? Is this- <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I can't. Oh, cats. <laughs> I can't handle it right now. Oh, Don't my gosh. I love. It's cats. <laughs> At least like three times a week. <laughs> We're laying in bed. 3 a.m. <laughs> like, who knows? Earthquake downstairs. Pot's falling over. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I bet it's a cat. Jacob, go check, please. Yeah, so I'm wandering around <laughs> in the nude. Looking for bad guys. <laughs> That's a lie. You got your With a your small wooden on. spoon she gave me to defend myself. <laughs> Oh, bless. For months, I was horrified every night in your house. And now... Is that a true story? Were you really scared? Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> okay? When you when you have to be in charge, mm-hmm. yeah, it's scary. There's there- Which is why, when I'm here, you sleep great. Because the responsibility <laughs> has been moved. It's true. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. we need to put the cats yes. up. Did you... Hold, I, I feel like my spirit just left me. Hang on one second. My door that goes to the studio doesn't the latch doesn't fully latch what do you call it mm. <laughs> doesn't stick out into the hole yeah keeping it shut For so it just sure. o- easily opens and there's constant you know wind in my house so it just always gets opened plus there's cats there's cats and spirits yeah and spirits good ones though mm. anyways so arizona so she's like hey do you want to go with me to arizona and a bunch of other girls that you're not going to know at all. I was like, sure. No, I didn't say sure. I'm like, give me give me a minute to think about it because I might be in L.A. She's like, okay, let me know. The next day, I was like, okay, I'm down. That's <laughs> <laughs> quick. There you go. Yeah. So it, uh, it worked out great. And I got there. So we flew. In, I flew into Phoenix, Arizona. And the house is like... 20 minutes from Phoenix. So I don't even know the actual location. And it's, it's not far from Scottsdale either. So I think it's in between like Phoenix and, and Scottsdale. Mm. Um, beautiful. It's like up in the hills. It's, it's like a mansion. Yeah, it looked so, awesome. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. And From the pictures, I was not. <laughs> I was not present. <laughs> you weren't. But, you know, beautiful um, infinity pool. And hot tub. I mean, everything. I'm just like, what? I'm like, how? How is this possible? It's just so, so, so cool that she invited me. So I got there, and all the girls, which I'm actually surprised that. And I mean, I get along with everybody for the most part. You can't yawn. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're making me. Is this boring you? <laughs> put your glasses back on. Yes, I don't want to look at your eyes. We'll I'm just do. kidding. I like the eyeballs. Okay. Leave it off. Um. But usually, like, there might be one or two people that are like, oh, they're just kind of weird, you know? Like, whatever. I didn't really mesh with that person. Yeah. Every single girl there, I absolutely love. Yeah. And it's it's like we were meant to all come together and hang out and meet each other. Why do you think? I don't know. We just, it, it was it was just like when I met Angela, it was like we were, I felt like we majority of us were all, like, familiar souls the conversation just flowed so easily. It wasn't like we were just trying to shoot the shit and hurry and like come up with things to talk about. It was just like one after another. It's like I could talk to these girls forever. Yeah. So I just, I love the conversations. And we did, you know, she has this beautiful, well, the owner of it is Julie 
she owns this beautiful mansion. It's just the, it's their their vacation home. She's from Oregon, and a lot of them f- were from Oregon, which was cool because I'm originally from Oregon, so mm-hmm. we kind of had those the same roots a little bit, and we connected on those uh, levels as well. But so Julie was there, and we could have just stayed at that at her house for four days and been content and fine. But we we booked little fun outings. We did a food tour. It's called Arizona Food Tours. The owner of it was uh, giving us the tour. Really cool dude. Um, not only does he he takes you to five different restaurants, and included I think there's you could do five restaurants or eight restaurants depending on which package you pick. But we chose five, and we were like stuffed by the end. Yeah, usually people only eat at one place. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, for sure. You have your meal, and then you eat it. Oh. <laughs> I thought you met with, like, normal food doors. I'm oh, like, what? I thought, you're like, I thought you were, like, being a dick back to me. <laughs> no, I was really, like... Really? really? <laughs> no, I really, like... It was cool. But, I mean, there were tiny little portions. They didn't look tiny, though. That's kind of why I was really? making a joke. But, mm-hmm. like, the pictures you sent, it looked like a lot of food at all the places. But... There, I wasn't there. There was this, I think it was a Japanese restaurant. Ooh, or was it Thai? I can't remember. I think it was Jap freak. I don't remember. But the soup, and I'm not a big soup person. I, w- I felt the flavors from the soup. It was amazing. But it was so freaking hot in Arizona too. So like soup was like the last thing on my mind. Right. But it was so freaking good. Mm. But yeah, so he, he, picks, he picks out five food places. And he, we did a walking tour. So we walked around Arizona, which was miserable and hot. Mm. <laughs> I didn't like that part. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was like, I was past the hundreds. Gross. Yeah, it was pretty pretty hot and sticky. But the food was amazing. And then you get drinks at each one. But I was so stuffed by the, the I think, the fourth one. I was just, I couldn't eat anymore. Yeah. But, you know, I'm like a picker anyways. I don't sit down and just eat an entire meal. Yeah. This is my style. Sounds Sounds delicious. But yeah, if you guys are ever in Arizona, do that food tour. The guy is is awesome. Not only does he take you to all these restaurants and he's funny, but he also at each stop he gives you a history of the town. I mean, we we're in this we we're in Scottsdale, but like they're little like compartments in Scottsdale, if that makes sense. Like we we're on like the the main street, and he talks about like the shops there. But he gives you history about everything, and then history, of course, of the restaurant. Mm. And I mean, a lot of these restaurants have been there for like 25 years plus, Nice, which is so cool that they're still, they're still in uh, service, which is awesome. Yeah. So we did that. And then we went back to the house and, you know, swam a lot and, and drank, of course, and played goofy games. There was one morning where everybody got up early and went to breakfast and I, I of course, slept in and. There was one other girl that stayed. I, of course, slept in. <laughs> I like my sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one other girl that um, stayed. And she, had, she, the night before, we had some deep conversations, just kind of a, a group of us that stayed up. And, you know, she talked about um, just kind of feeling a little bit lost and and not really getting into meditation and not knowing how to meditate. I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I believe that everything has its time and its place. I was supposed to be there at that time with that person. Right. During that that day. 
Mm-hmm. And she was there and I was like, oh, let's meditate <laughs> since you need help in meditating. And so I, of course, picked one of my favorite songs these days. It's uh, it, like every time I listen to it, it almost like brings me to tears. Do you know what song I want to say? I do. Yeah. What song? Uh, Devi Prayer. That's right. The Devi Prayer. Absolutely love that song. And so I turn it on and we're out. I mean, we have the most beautiful scenery. We're out poolside and it's, you know, morning and we both lay on our towels and I'm like, hey, just close your eyes and just, just be present and let your mind wander. And whatever feeling comes up to the surface, acknowledge it and let it go. But Debbie prayer is like 15 minutes long. 20. Is it 20? Yeah. I get lost in it. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> so it's, it's like 20 minutes. So we're laying out there for 20 minutes and I've got my, my crystals with me. And oh, I did, you know, Pel Santo too. And Pel Santo. Of course you did. Both of us. I travel with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got, you know, Pel Santo and Prior. And we're laying out there and I'm always bawling through the song, but it feels so good. It's such a release for me. Yeah. Absolutely love it. And. After the song, we she gets up. She's like, she saw certain things that reminded her of her dad, which has been on her mind a lot lately because I think he recently passed, which is so cool. What are you hearing now? I don't know. I'm assuming cats. <laughs> oh, God. What's that? Chicken coop. What's out in the chicken coop? You got to get a watch. <gasps> what was that? It was a quick little thing. Oh, honey, go up there. Hurry, hurry, please. Honey, no. <laughs> well, we're back. Becca Hayes' house. <laughs> okay, what just happened? Cats. No, 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 no. Cat. Yeah. Because what happened was you got an alert on the security system. Mm-hmm. Looked at it. There was a small cat moving across it. No, it was a big black like, thing. Jacob, there's a big black thing that moved across the yard. Like, and, oh, shit. Well, then all of a sudden, and then it sounded like there was like a, a fight upstairs. And, there was. And, did you hear it? Though? It was like, yeah. right? Yeah. So you've actually got two dogs and uh-huh. two cats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're all in the same area. And... You know, this This is why I didn't sleep for the first month that I <laughs> slept over here. Well, no, so I heard the cat fight or whatever, a fight. It wasn't even a cat fight. It was like a, like, in my mind, this is what happened. I heard that, that squeal that I just did. I'm not going to do it again. But I'm thinking someone's throwing my cat across the room. And then all of a sudden there was dogs barking. Mm. And so I'm like, shit, someone's in the house. Yeah. That's what we think every time. Well, and then I looked at the the monitor. Well, I looked at it prior to that, but then I remembered I shut the dog door so JoJo can't get in. So now I'm thinking they're eating JoJo for some reason. Who's eating JoJo? Well, the big black thing that I saw on the... On you the, mean the tiny black cat? It wasn't tiny on that the, that monitor. Oh, it is. We're <laughs> the same one. <laughs> it wasn't tiny. It was a big black thing. You Listen, just see the Jojo end of it. was huge I thought in it that was moment. A, I thought it was like a big like Wolverine. You know, you know the wolf. I know. Do they have them here in Utah? Wolverines? Apparently. 
Do you know what I'm talking only, about? Only here. It reminded me of a wolverine or possibly a raccoon, but then it didn't have stripes on the end of the tail. So I'm going to wolverine. Yeah, that was your cat. Yeah, we know that now. Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you ran out and you're like, Jojo, out in the deck. Or was that me? I think you went out trying to get Jojo. It was so cute to yeah, watch you. because she was by the door, but as I approached it, she ran away. So yeah. I went out and called her to come back. Yeah. Because you she told me there's a giant black demon bear <laughs> creature Wolverine. out there trying to eat her. So My heart's still bounding, by the way. Yeah, mine too. We're awake now. <laughs> this will be a good episode because you're like, I well, went to Arizona. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then Bam. Becca Hayes is back. <laughs> I'm still going to take a nap, but you can go ahead. Okay. So so your meditation oh was gosh. good. Yeah, where was I? Yeah, the meditation was great. Um, she was able to basically get some enlightenment of things that she's been wanting to know. Nice. And actually learn to meditate. She's like, for the first time, I really feel like I've actually meditated, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then I, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but I practiced some energy work on her. Mm-hmm. which was really cool. And she said she could totally could feel my energy and like there were some things that she felt releasing and this type of energy work, I wasn't touching her at all. And, but I was just kind of like putting my energy into her and she totally could feel it. And it was just, it was a cool thing. Nice. And I have actually never practiced really energy work on anybody. And I just felt like I needed to. Hmm. I'm thankful that I never let too much logic <laughs> get in my way of my spontaneity look at that <laughs> did you see me trying to work that out in my mind yeah yeah and a little a little condescension <laughs> what are you talking about i'm just grateful that <laughs> i don't think through my decisions <laughs> like some people <laughs> well <laughs> no i didn't really mean it by you know because you are a very logic person and but that's the thing about you jacob i really appreciate that about you because we are very opposite in that. Mm-hmm. I'm very spontaneous. You're very logic. You like you think through things. And I'm not saying that you can't be spontaneous. Mm-hmm. But you do, for the most part, you think it through before you execute. And yeah. I'm just like, bam, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And it has its perks. And it also has its, you know, the other side of the, what's the other side of not perks? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's just always perks to me. But for the most part, not always. Mm. But yeah, so there's, it's good and bad about it. Nice. But yeah, so I, uh, oh, and then we had some scorpions crawl over our feet. <laughs> that was fun. I don't miss Arizona. Yeah, sounds hot. Yeah, really hot. I don't think I could ever live there. And scorpiony. Yeah. Julia had one scurry over her foot and we were like all in like deep conversations. It's like 1 a.m. and we're all in the hot tub and she had her feet out. She's like, oh my gosh, something just went over my foot. And she put her light, her light on from her iPhone. And sure enough, it was a little scorpion. Nope. Mm-mm. And then we're all pretty toasted, so we thought it stung her. So that was like huh. <laughs> another panic in itself. I see. Yeah. And then in my bedroom the next day, as I was like putting some of my stuff away, there was a little scorpion that scurried away. Perfect. Yeah, I'm like, I'm good. I don't. Uh, I'm going to head out. <laughs> I'm going to see you guys later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Arizona, but I, I would totally go back there um, and stay at Julie's place anytime. Just, it was a great experience, but I would never, I could never live in Arizona. Oh, nice. The bugs. And then, and then like, I guess there's some big ass uh, 
lizards. They're not lizards, though. They call them something else. They're not Komodo dragons. I think those are Florida. <laughs> I don't think Florida has Komodos, but... Yes, in some parts they do, actually. What lizards are you talking about in Arizona? I don't remember, but it was. It sounded really mean. My Uber driver, when I Ubered to the airport the next morning, he was talking about all the crazy creatures. Oh, nice. Yeah. And he's like, the snakes. And then he's like, oh, yeah, and these lizards, these are mean lizards. And he, I can't remember the name of them, but they're pretty... Free sketch. Oh, nice. Yeah, I don't deal with those reptiles. Mm. Yeah. We had a gardener snake in my house the other day. I wasn't here. My dad was here. I'm going to get into that story in a minute, but that freaked me out in itself, and it was just a gardener snake. Mm-hmm. The cat brought it in. Oh, the cats. And brought a mouse in. And they wish you get more cats. Within <laughs> 20 minutes of the gardener snake. So I had a mouse and a snake in my house. <gasps> all at oh, once. my gosh. She was feeding the snake. Do you really think? Yeah. They're pretty smart. Yeah. I bet. I bet that's what it was. I bet JoJo became its mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was my Arizona show. I mean, obviously we had a lot of fun. I'm not going to bore you guys with like the small details, but for the most part. <laughs> like the details I got. <laughs> for the most part, just be spontaneous and have fun and laugh a lot and enjoy your life. Yeah. I like doing short trips. We actually, Jacob and I talked about this prior to podcasting, but I, I'm, I've i decided I am definitely a home buddy. I love being home and I love working in my yard a lot and I love my animals. And so three days max is, is my fun getaway. Unless it's like obviously out of country or something because you got to go longer than that. But, mm-hmm. but you could do like a whole. Yeah. Well, like week easily. Yeah, I like traveling. And it seems like international, I almost shoot for like 10 days usually. I, get, yeah. I did 10 days mm. in China, my last one. I'd be biting at the bit for 10 days, I think. Yeah. I feel like seven, I, I feel like a week, I'd be like, okay, I'm ready to go home. Is, that's because you have animals though. No, not just because of animals. I love being in my house. Like oh. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the psyche of a home buddy is. But for some reason, I get to a point, and I've seen this in my my siblings, actually. Jimmy's huge on this. Jimmy only lasts two days, usually. So it kind of, it runs in our family. Um, But there's something about an urgency of just wanting to get home. I think I would do that even if I didn't have animals. Interesting. I love being at home. Like, I get the homebody concept. Mm -hmm. I'm all about good houses and design and stuff. I like it having that and enjoying mm-hmm. it but i still like to travel and get out also i don't have like an urgency to get home feeling i guess you know what it might be if we're going to break this down a little bit it might be because as a ch- you know growing up with my dad he's i mean he you look up home buddy like his pictures in the dictionary like he is just that he identifies as a home buddy like he's everything you describe as a home buddy it's my dad so I'm I'm curious if I've taken some part of that identity on. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I didn't go anywhere. I mean, oh gosh, I think I went to Disneyland be- right before my parents split. So I was like f- almost five. That was like our trip, our family trip together. And that was it. Hmm. I, my dad had never taken me anywhere else. Yeah. Besides maybe snowboarding, but that doesn't count because it's still in Oregon. Right. But... All like my vacations, like it was because I went with friends, mm-hmm. 
and their parents. He just never left his home. Mm. Did you feel an urgency to get back home then when you were going on vacation? No, I didn't want to. Uh. No desire. But it's like I've made my own nest, my home. Right. And I feel maybe there's an obligation where I have to get back. I don't know. Analyze me, Jacob. Um, I've had puppies and I've had similar feelings where I felt an urgency to get home to them. And like there's a guilt component where you know mm-hmm. that they miss you. Um, outside of that, I it doesn't click for me, so I don't understand. I assume it would be animals. But well, I, I, mean, I don't it's know a big if you've part, ever not had animals, so, yeah, so maybe that's... you're just conditioned to that, and that's how you think now. You know, it could have been. I don't know because, well, when I lived in Vegas, I mean, technically, it wasn't. I mean, it was my home, but it wasn't because I shared it with four other girls. Mm-hmm. Like this big house, did that for six years, and I, I didn't get my golden retriever Coda until the last year of living in that house. So I mean, five years of living in that house. Um when I would do little trips, I still wanted to get home. Hmm. I, I think, I don't know why I, it's like almost part of like, it's just installed in me a little bit. Interesting. But, uh, I don't know. That's interesting too. I didn't even think about like, if I didn't have animals, I still would probably, okay, let's, let's sum this up. You know, I think also, I always had a hard time too, when I actually had a physical job and like leave for work. I had a hard time taking work off because whoever I worked for, and this is like a pattern, I don't know why, but they always made me feel guilty for taking time off. Mm. And so if I took time off, especially working on the radio, I would work for like six months, not have one day off, not even have a sick day. I wouldn't even take a sick day. And I would put in time to take like a two-day, two-day vacation or three-day vacation. And... They were giving me crap already. Yeah, I believe it. And so I've always had like a career or a job that made me feel guilty. Ah. And so I always feel like I had to hurry back. Did your dad make you feel guilty when you'd go travel with friends? Yeah. There we go. So from the beginning, you leaving home was connected to guilt and pressure. Mm. And so now you do it to yourself. (laughs) And I don't even realize it. I mean, I love being home. So I, I do you allow yourself to enjoy vacations or do you install a sense of pressure and guilt on yourself where it's probably a little better if you don't enjoy it fully because that's less bad? Ooh, I don't know. Maybe mm. I think there I've, I mean, guilt is like an ongoing thing with me. Like I, I've been trying to break away from that whole guilty thing just because with the religion. Mm-hmm. So it's this ongoing thing with me. So I'm trying to recognize it when I feel guilty to try to detach from that mm. and be like, I'm deserving of this because mm. I did it with my kid. I still, I mean, it still slips in with my kids occasionally. Like it's not even my weekend with my kids. I feel guilty going on vacation without them. Here it is. This is interesting because we've <laughs> gone to Florida in the last three or four weeks ago mm-hmm. and then went to a cabin and mm-hmm. we came home before. <laughs> The time <laughs> yes, true. that we, you had paid for. <laughs> um, and then you just joined me in St. George and also somewhat anxious to get home. Didn't mm-hmm. really care to be there longer. Yeah. I, I, it's almost like I have a time limit. And as soon as it's up, I'm out. 
but also while we're there, like you've always seemed a little off in, in every circumstance that we've traveled. Like I didn't fully embrace it. Yeah. Like I don't even know fully counts. Like don't embrace it. Oh, wow. Don't embrace. Yeah. How do I, what, what do you mean? Just like, uh, Florida, you were just distant. You don't, you didn't seem to be enjoying most of it. Yeah. Like you remember the yacht? Like we're getting on a yacht, having drinks, and you just you kind of sat by yourself and weren't very responsive for most of it until the end. Then everybody was getting a lot more drunk, mm. and you were engaged more. Mm. But you seemed somewhat disengaged. Mm. Um, and then the cabin had its own weird aspects, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this could be a pattern. I think there's a pattern. Uh, it's a, guilt's a hard one. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah, but now you have animals, so there's an easy mm-hmm. easy explanation for your guilt. You're able to assign your guilt something that's actually I valid. Really, yeah, because I really do feel guilty of yeah. leaving them. Yep. So I just put it all on them. Mm-hmm. Shit. That'll be $60. <laughs> I'll pay you. <laughs> Not in money. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Wow. I, I didn't realize... I mean, I always, I just assumed I'm a homebody, right? I just, I played it off. I identified myself as a homebody. Mm-hmm. So in return, it made it acceptable. He made you a homebody. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it made it okay to want to get back. Mm-hmm. And I always like, and it's almost like I'm almost envious of, um, like Blair, for instance, she loves going on like extravagant vacations that are like a week, two weeks at a, a time. I'd say most humans okay. do. <laughs> well, I'm just saying Blair because she's my best friend. And so it's like, you know, I know all the time when she's gone. Right. And all the vacations she takes. And also she's a pilot. So it's a little easier. But, and doesn't have kids. <laughs> but. Those will do it. Right. Ruin everything. <laughs> just kidding. So almost was like envious of how can she be away for that long and not want to get back. It's like, it it was like mind blowing to me Mm. where I'm like, how can you go? I mean, what do you do for like seven days? I bet she has the opposite. I bet she feels like stir crazy when she stays home for more than a week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when, when I went to Hawaii for her birthday, I only went for three days and it's Hawaii. Oh my gosh. Like, did they stay longer? Yeah. Wow. They got there before me and left after me. Wow. I have issues. (laughs) Mm. This has been interesting because in the last couple of days, we've had a couple of like odd disconnect conversations about traveling. Yeah. And you've just had this air of disappointment in me that that I have a desire to travel because you're like, well, my future cats won't allow that. So I guess you Wait, don't love me. You said you want to be gone for three months at a time. Like that's just very extreme. We were talking extreme. about retirement options. And I was like, oh, like yeah, after the kids I thought were it would gone? Be incredible. Oh, yeah. I missed that part. I was like, it would be incredible to like go live in like, I really liked Shanghai. So I thought it'd be cool to go live there for like three months and really dig into it. Mm-hmm. And then similar in wherever the hell I was feeling at the time, get a mm-hmm. beach house for three months and write books or something, you know, just really deeply experience tons of different countries. And I obviously want a home base still where I can come and be with my child, even though he'd be grown. But I'd say like maybe like six months here, three months somewhere, six months back home, 
alternating. I think that would be amazing. But, I mean, that's that's a concept. That's an idea. I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I'd get bored. Maybe I'd love it. But, well, yeah. Maybe I think just it's a, a cool month. Idea. Maybe just a month. Well, you got a three-day right now. <laughs> but, yeah. Three months seems you, like you a were, lifetime You were to disappointed me. <laughs> in me that I wanted to travel. <laughs> And, I wasn't uh, okay. Would you? The I reasoning like to travel for you, too. though, I just don't like staying very long. The re- your reasoning I love was traveling. Though, wasn't even your current animals. It was you're gonna have future cats <laughs> that you're gonna love more than being on on like traveling well, with me. I just don't. And I'm the I'm the weirdo. <laughs> well, you, you don't love me more than travel. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Do you not? Yeah. We had this conversation in a bathtub. And I got out, and he sat in there for 20 minutes after. And I'm like, honey, you coming to bed? Yeah. Well, there was more to it. I don't know how deep we want to get. Like, yeah, we'll probably break up. Okay. We don't have to go that deep. (laughs) Uh, Okay. You love that future cat, whatever it is. No, it's just I know I'm such an animal person. I love (laughs) animals, and I just can't ever see myself without animals. Mm. I mean, maybe I could compromise with getting, like, an animal I could travel with. Like a parrot or something. Yeah, that would do it. That will, <laughs> that will fill your void. All right. I don't know. I, I just don't ever see myself without animals, but right. I, I love them so much. As much as they like cause havoc in my life, it's one of those type deals. Type deals. I would rather have them than not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Are you sure? I think so. Have you allowed yourself to explore the other side of that? It scares me too. Interesting. I really don't want to be without animals. It's really weird. I wonder what the comfort is. It's a lot. There's a lot of comfort. Quick side note: what? your animals cause you more stress than children easily by I, far. I know. And the children, I mean, I know people who are parents know that children are a big stressor. Mm-hmm. Everything with your animals, it's it is a constant battle. <laughs> you lose sleep over it because no one can sleep because they like go throw the pans on the floor and. Appear, appear as giant bear demons in the backyard during podcasts. (laughs) Wolverines, bear demons. Yeah, so I'm just curious if there's a default belief that you've created in yourself, almost like an ego level or identity attachment that I am Becca Hayes, I have animals. If that's how it is, or if you've explored, I actually want this or I don't. Almost like a, how we get funneled into like marriage in Utah, where it's like we don't even consider the alternative because mm-hmm. that's what you wow. do. Like I'm just, and I'm not accusing or saying this is the case. I'm no, just saying, have that. you explored that? The thought of, and here's my here's my thinking and my reasoning is, you know, hypothetically speaking, let's say you and I got married, or just we don't even have to be married. We just grew old together. Okay, we're mm-hmm. old. Yeah. <laughs> You're off doing your own thing. Okay, here we go. We'll just use this example. You go to your nerd party. I stay behind or I get home two days prior to you because, you know, I do with a three-day deal. Mm-hmm. I'm home alone for two days, mm-hmm. two nights. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell I could sleep sleep by myself without animals. Mm. I love, they comfort me so much. Mm. There it is. It's like, <laughs> it's like the catch-22, right? You can't be traveling with me. Because of your animals, and you can't wait. You can't, and you, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you can't travel with me because you have to go home to the animals, mm-hmm. and you have the animals in case you're alone and not traveling with me. 
That's so weird. Wow. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just, they're, they're a big comfort to me. And I mean, and they're great. Like you, t- you could tell them anything and they won't talk back. They, and they won't argue. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. It's interesting. And I, I, I've never been without animals because I was raised on a ranch. So I always had a plethora of animal animals Mm -hmm. everywhere, all kinds. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Might be worth exploring. I don't know if I, I'm kind of scared to even like the thought of not having animals. It's really weird. It's an actual fear of mine. That's very interesting. See, I would, I would create a situation where you can experience that. How would I be able to experience that without actually having animals? I would know. Without having animals? Yeah. You mean without not having Anyway, but like, <laughs> I believe that once you get a pet, you're with it until they're gone. So I would never even advocate for like getting rid of, I'm never even going to hint at that. But like right now I would just say, explore the concept in your mind a little bit and ask if you actually like what value you're getting from them. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's there. Maybe you genuinely get more enjoyment from having them versus the mm-hmm. drama and stress that they provide yeah um and maybe you love it but maybe maybe you've just done it without thinking and decided that you need that at I, some point hypothetical thought 20 years down the road retirement or whatever how long it's going to take we decide to travel all animals are pretty much on their last leg. They're about to die. And you know they're about to die. I know mm-hmm. they're about to die. Yeah. I could probably do it for like three months. <laughs> but then I would be constantly trying to find another animal. What if we were living in Shanghai mm-hmm. and the cutest little pot belly pig oh my God. just comes right up to you? And that's how it usually happens. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh. Roomba. Is what you call it. <laughs> Roomba, it's a yeah. vacuum. Yeah, it's a vacuum type pig. <clears throat> I really want one of those. Do you know that? Yeah. A teacup. And now we're stuck in China. You can't leave that. You can't export it. I can export it. Shit. Trust me, I can export it. Now okay, I can't, now I can't travel with you for another reason. You're going to find an animal. <laughs> I really want a teacup. Potbelly yeah. pig. Oh my gosh, they're so freaking cute. They're cute. That's where they get you. Okay, this is what I'm thinking. Here's a good here's a good compromise for myself. I'm talking about myself. I'm not for anybody else, not for you, anybody. I think now that I like cats, because I never was like a big cat person. Mm. I love Jojo. I'm obsessed with her. Everybody knows that in the podcast. Talked about her. Don't want to talk about this, but when she does go, I don't know why I just did the the crucifixion thing. Like I'm a cat, like I'm a Catholic. I don't know where that came from. I've never wow. been a Catholic in my life. That's crazy. You didn't even think about it. It just happened. Right. Did you see that? It was yeah. just like a, the cross came out of nowhere. What the hell? I think you were guided. Holy shit. So anyways, when it's her time to go, I think I could totally get a travel buddy, like a, like a, just a little fluffy long hair Persian cat. I could do that and just have me and my cat. <laughs> You're going to get one of those, like the cigarette holders that makes it like six inches longer, like Cruella DeVille. I know. You know what I'm talking about. So you can smoke that thing with the little <laughs> handle while you stroke your cat. Okay. What? That's with multiple cats. That's not a one cat deal. Why are you traveling with a cat? I just, because I just, 
knowing that I'm going to be gone for like three months at a time, I, I want to have like that animal with me. <laughs> it's like I, I just had a, I just okay. had another insight. A service animal, I totally need one. No, it's the other way. I think you are the service animal. Look at this in you dealing with your parents, you dealing with all not all. Oh, I know what you're getting. Most at. of your Holy friends. Shit. Okay. You also look at your past relationships. Mm-hmm. Like you are 100 percent caretaker. Mm-hmm. Like brutally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To the point that you've got a lot of friends that just blatantly use you. And I don't know if that's their intention or not, or they've realized that you are comfortable doing that. And so they've accepted mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. With an animal, it's the same thing. So you find value in caring for others. And I think you would I really probably have this odd emptiness mm-hmm. and lack of purpose if you didn't have that. Probably. And now that you're dating a guy who doesn't need you to baby him and take care of him. <laughs> I thought you were just going to end it at doesn't need you, no. which I get to. I, yeah. I, we, we never want to need someone. We I just don't need want. You, but I like you. I, mean, I don't need you either, but I like you and I want you. Yeah. After, okay. Will you take care of me? <laughs> no. What if I create a lot of drama? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there's a caretaker thing mm-hmm. that... Uh, you'd feel a void because, again, identity thing. You identify as caretaker, mm-hmm. which probably is going to be traced back to a parent thing where you felt helpless in solving an issue yeah, and felt a need to take care of one or both parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. So how do you make that healthy? Because when I care for people, when I love them and when I'm like in caregiver mode, which is constant. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel alive, makes me feel purpose. makes me feel like I have purpose. Yeah. In some way, but it's also, it's also a stress factor for you. I don't, I don't see you really enjoying it when you're taking care of your friends or taking care of. And that's true, but it depends on the situation. Maybe. And there, there's definitely something to be said for just helping people. Like, yeah, there's value in that for sure, yeah. but it's different when there's a need. Like I love, I love hosting events for my friends. I love mm-hmm. making a cooter board for people. I'm sorry, what? A cooter board. I'm sorry, what? Cooter board. Uh, okay. what, what kind of board? <laughs> cooter board. What, what kind of board? Charcuterie board. Okay. Uh, oh. I call it cooter for short. Just call it what? <laughs> I'll show you later. Okay. Um, but I, I love like there's, there's the fun aspect of it, but yeah, then it has also the downside is where, you know, there's some things that I don't like taking care of, but I do it anyways, because it's the role I play. Yeah. What I would do now that you've identified this is create a situation where you can't be that and like sit with it. Like, Like stand in the discomfort and figure it out. Just thinking about it gives me. I don't know if you call this anxiety or whatever, just. Sure. But like, why do you feel the need? Why do you only feel valuable if you're caring for someone oh, else? I, okay. First of all, I feel valuable even when I don't care for someone. It just. Do you? It just umps it. It umps the, the value, I do guess. You? If yeah. you weren't taking care fa- of a person or animal or whatever, mm-hmm. would you still feel good about yourself?
I want to say yes, but not to the, not to the extent that I feel comfortable with and that I want. Yeah. See, that would be worth exploring it's a big, also. It's a big part of it though. Yeah. It's a big part because, you know, if you were to ask me that a year ago, I'd say almost a hundred percent. But since I've been exploring the self-love and really trying to love myself and, and selfish, which isn't a bad word, mm-hmm. you know, it's been dubbed a bad word. Well, it can be. It's a spectrum, it, right? It can be, yeah. But just trying to, you know, self-care, self-love, like that's a big part of my life now is like knowing that I got to take care of myself, especially if I'm going to take care of other people. Mm-hmm. So there's the, there there's the circle, full circle right there. So I take care of myself because I want to be able to take care of my kids. I take care of my health because if I'm not healthy, I can't take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. There you go. With a lot of things. Yep. So it, it's almost like it always stems from me wanting to take care of other people. Yeah. I stand by my <laughs> my thought. I think that you should explore that and... Mm-hmm and uh, experience the most discomfortable, I don't know, the most uncomfortable aspect of that, just stand in it. So create a situation where you can't be caring for someone or finding people or new relationships that require you to be a parent, basically. And you know, for me sitting back and not caring for someone in an uncomfortable position would, you know what position that is for me. If you can figure it out. No, say say that again. So you told me to try it out and be uncomfortable in a caring situation where I'd normally care for the person. But if I just sit back and don't do anything, I'm not even sure if that's what I mean. I mean more on a macro level, like not in an actual environment where someone needs help and you're just like, no. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, evaluating your entire life where um, you attract people that need you and you're getting more animals because they by default need you. Mm-hmm. Well, and the th- interesting thing is because I, I was just getting ready to ask like, well, how do I track them? But it's almost like I put it out there. I put the vibe out there. Of course. Put it out to the universe that yeah. I'm honestly looking for people that need me. Yeah. I don't know how to do it, but I definitely, I know that I'm putting the vibe out there somehow. Yeah. It's so when I gotta you figure that with out. people. I mean, that stuff all unfolds quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worth mm-hmm. evaluating. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Sure. That's a great conversation. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> That'll be sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's it. You're pretty cheap. So I guess this three month thing is gonna work out in the end. Okay, don't go. Whoa, whoa, anxiety's coming back. I'm just using all them psychology Baby books steps. to to work out my vacations. <laughs> right? <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're so we got. Gr- that was a great sidetrack, by the way. I love it when conversation turns into that. Like we had no clue that we were gonna. Just figure out my whole need to help others <laughs> situation, um, which was great. But recently, you just had a a nerd party. You you actually just got home today from yeah, the nerd right. party. Now, can you please explain <laughs> <laughs> to people? Please tell tell the audience. <laughs> well, <laughs> I try to tell a couple of my friends. I'm like, well, what are you doing? What are you doing this weekend? Back? Which friends? 
<laughs> you know which friends. I want to know so I can imagine how you presented it. Why do we got to do that? <laughs> why, do you, why are you going to go there? Well, it's not my... Okay, this is not my um, my usual environment. It's not my usual comfort zone. But I'm okay with that. I love I love uh, trying new things and meeting new people. I'm all about meeting new people. Uh-huh. I love pretty much everybody I meet. Mm-hmm. I don't hate one person in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've been close to strongly disliking people, but I don't hate anybody. I love meeting new energies. So... But it's it's not my my ideal hangout crew. What it's the nerd just, convention? Yeah, it's just it just isn't. Okay. And so, when I'm trying to explain this to people that I'm used to hanging out with, that we we're used to doing, you know, the typical partying and the laying by the pool and you know, just the more bougie <laughs> kind of lifestyle, they're very confused. Of, yeah. of why I'm going and what what is it about? Okay. So, I try to. Exp- I'm like, well, it's. I, I explained it this way. Um, it's a lot of gamers getting together, and apparently they have a lot of computers and they just play <laughs> games all day. <laughs> yeah. And they drink sometimes. Yeah. I said there will be alcohol there, so it's 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 good. Uh huh. So that's how I explained it. Okay. And they just laugh and they're like, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, nah, I won't because I don't enjoy travel. No, no, no. I told you I love traveling. I just like to do it for a minimum of, you know, two maximum, days. Maximum. No, two, two days. a minimum of two days, maximum of three days. Okay. <laughs> you got a 24 hour window yeah, yeah, wide right. open. Yeah. So, so the nerd people, parties. Yeah. My brother, Stephen, he was on the show one time. He, uh, one time I was like, hey, I'm going to start this like video game retreat business with a friend of mine. Um, so they rented this really nice house in St. George. Uh, he got all of his like gamer friends together and went down there. He had me come. It was like, just pay. I don't even think he had us pay for the house. It was like, it cost me $80, I think, to go. This is the first time? The very first mm-hmm. time. So there was like 10 people in a house. Um, I played some video games, but I've never been like super into them. Um, so like I would go and play some games for a little bit. But this my first time getting buzzed on alcohol was at that first event. And I'm out playing pickleball, like mm. kind of drunk. That's right. I for forgot. For the first time. Wow. So it, it did start out as this video game retreat. Um, but it just somehow that group was the most like I don't even know how to describe them other than authentic genuine and authentic mm-hmm. um they're people that often are probably somewhat isolated because they're not getting out and doing tons of shit a lot mm-hmm. of them some do some don't yeah. but um when you actually do what I like to do like I make an idiot of myself in groups to break down walls and make people comfortable and then like get them talking and have fun. I mm-hmm. enjoy that. Every single time we go, this was the eighth event now. Um, and there was like 30 people. We've maxed out the house, the biggest house we can get down there. Mm-hmm. And almost no one plays video games at all. Now it's just a social event. So we rent out a house and there's 30 people just cause it's expanded because people mm-hmm. keep inviting people over and it's just tons of really good conversation with people that 
do not give a shit about putting up a front or projecting an image of I make this much money mm-hmm. or I'm pumping this much iron. There's no like, no one's super fit, you know, which I don't know if that's good or bad, I guess, but there's no, there's no projection. There's no posturing at all. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really cool, genuine environment and it just ends up in really good conversations. Which I so, missed. Yeah. And I, I was really excited Me- to have you experience that, even though like it's kind of a ragtag bunch, but like it's just really authentic and really genuine. And like anything you say there is totally fine. Like people dig deep and get really vulnerable in this group. And there's no one taking shots at them. There's no one kind of doing little funny jabs to put Mm -hmm. them down to try to, like, make themselves look cool or funny. Like, no one shits on each other at all there. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just love the environment. There's only, like, a handful of them that I've ever actually hung out with outside of these events. Thinking about doing that feels weird for some reason. I mean, granted, it was my brother's idea and it's mostly stemmed from his people so yeah. I'm like older than most of them um and it's like i'm one person removed almost from a lot of them but mm-hmm. yeah still just great genuine people and it's just a fun social gathering where we're in a house for four days drinking and having deep chats it's great yeah they all seem pretty cool but it definitely was i mean my first time ever experiencing anything like that it was unique um i don't know of another thing like that like it's kind of yeah it's very that common well i walked in the house and there's like tables lined up it was like three tables yeah (laughs) tables lined up and monitors like not laptop like you bring Mm -hmm. your laptop like this is serious yeah gaming yeah i know a lot of these people like that's where all of their time is spent like they play games it's it's hard for me to get into their world or to even think about their world because i'm completely opposite yeah i'm such an extrovert yeah for sure and so it's it was i will say this it was really cool to at least experiencing experiencing that other side of it sure and like i said i have some experience playing games there's there's one game that i i've enjoyed in the past i haven't for months and months but um like, like, think of Austin. You walked in and met Austin. I love Austin. Austin's in a wheelchair. He mm-hmm. was born with something. I don't even know. But, like, the way games are now and the way that they're social and interactive, like, he can be just like everybody else and his friends and probably even better and kick their ass mm-hmm. in those worlds. Yeah. It's, it's like a different world to him. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's very social now and, compa- like, they're so much more involved mm-hmm. than people who have never experienced that are aware of. It's not like you're sitting there pushing buttons and like, mm-hmm. and are in a zombie mode. You know what I mean? You have a headset on. You're talking to actual humans and making strategies and mm-hmm. like you're doing stuff. Yeah. So there's social stuff involved. There's strategy. There's thinking. There's problem solving. There's a lot of cool aspects of games that people that haven't done that don't realize. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm kind of a third party here because like. Like I said, I have like one, but anyway, yeah, they love it. And, but this event has been, like I said, less and less actual video game play just because 
this has now become a place where these people they're social let these people <laughs> but well no this, it's, it's this a group, type it's a type it's a a certain type of group this it group is, is typically games. pretty introverted <laughs> and so it's been pretty incredible to watch everyone open up more and more i went into it thinking that you're going to be gaming like basically 24 7 with a little bit of a break to have a drink which i told you like eight times like it's I know, barely video I... games like i do not grasp that it sounds like it's all video games I'm like there's very well, little video games i don't have a computer at all i won't play any video games ah, i just hate how you're just only gonna play video games Jake. <laughs> okay what well, i love I is mean, feeling my... heard okay <laughs> But I really, I really loved, and just like what you said, you've been seeing a transition, it seems like, of them breaking out of their shell mm -hmm. and really getting comfortable around, like, like to them, like this, it, it's an out, it's another out, which is so cool. Like this, they're normally, because they're, they're intense gamers, like they're not just occasionally let's play a video games, like they're constantly on their you know, their little devices and I, I mean, little, I didn't mean to sound condescending, but their devices. Mm -hmm. It's like half of them now that are like really gamers versus half now that are just uh, there for the yeah. social and so, stuff. It, yeah. So the, a, a lot of, it seemed like a lot of them were just all about their games and being in their games and that's how they interact with people. Yeah. And now they're actually physically interacting with people, which totally does something different to the mind, the psyche, everything. And it just was really cool to see. It was cool to experience. Um, the interesting thing was, though, and I'm not naming names, but I did have a conversation um, with a guy that is a big gamer. Really, really sweet, really kind. Kind of broke my heart. He said he was a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, why do you say that about yourself? Mm -hmm. He's like, because all I do is game. Mm -hmm. He's like, and I only have a job because I have to have a job. Yeah. And all I do is game. Right. But how many people are there that don't really know anything about that world or those people and just shit on it? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, fucking gamers. Mm-hmm. Wasting their lives. Well, that's... And I'm going to be honest. That's what I think. I know. <laughs> when, I th when I think of a serious gamer... Yeah. I think of what a waste. And there's probably some truth to that. I'm not even disagreeing because, necessarily. Like get out and, and enjoy nature and shit like that. Like I, to me, that would be such a trap. Yeah. I would feel like my soul is dying mm. because I can't get on that level and relate to well, that. Well, that's an assumption because you've never done that, never been there. No, I mean, I've tried, no, I tried Xena Warrior Princess. I talked about this. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I got obsessed with that game. So I know how you can get obsessed with games. Okay. <laughs> You do your acrobuncher thing, please. <laughs> You'll be dead in seconds. <laughs> Wait, oh, you're the only person still talking about Xena, like I, on a daily basis. That was the only video game I ever played, besides Duck Hunt and shit like that. You know, the yeah, Atari. That was good stuff. But I'm not trying to shit on on them or anything because everybody has their preferences. Mm -hmm. If I thought of myself as a gamer, knowing myself right now, like I feel like my soul would be dying. Okay. And I'm sure they probably looking at me and like, oh my gosh, the way she's out and talking to all those people. So much anxiety. I don't want part of that. Yeah. I get, I understand what they're thinking and, and where I'm thinking, but for him to say that, and I asked him this question, well, why don't you change it? Mm -hmm. If you think you're a piece of shit, change it. Mm -hmm. Something that I think is a, is at least a common factor with a lot of the group that's been at these, these parties is 
somewhat powerful anxiety and mm-hmm. or depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very naive outsider approach that's like, oh, you're depressed? Well, what you should do is you got to work out. You need to have a fucking job. Mm-hmm. Like, go outside and do shit. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to stay depressed. And that's all completely true, right? Yeah. Like, 100%. that is true. That would work. The yeah. problem is there's a component of depression, like, that makes that impossible. Like, everyone I have know that I've spoken to deeply about depression is like, they know. So people coming along being like, dude, you got to do that. They're like, I fucking know what I have to do. They just can't get I to that step. I fucking can't do it. Yeah, yeah, they can't get to that step to yeah. like get it going. They can't. Like mm-hmm. depression most clearly defined is hopelessness. So no matter what you do in your head, everything feels useless. So getting up and working out when your brain is screaming at you, that's fucking useless. Mm-hmm. It will go nowhere. There's no point in doing that because there's no point in even living. You're not going to do that. You're not going to go do hard, scary shit when you have a mental thing that is literally sabotaging every possible thing that would bring you out of that thing. Yeah, but there's got to be where you're just actually your body is just physically doing it and then eventually your mind catches up. There's got to be at some point where you're like, I don't want to do this, but I'm just going to go. I'm just I'm just going to try it. And then eventually your mind starts to catch up to it and then you start to receive those endorphins or whatever and then depression starts to subside a little bit. There's got to be some point. Yeah, that 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 would help if you can get them over that hurdle. And them seems weird. Like, I've been in this state enough that I understand it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't understand how depression could possibly be a thing until I was like 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere in there, like... When my marriage is falling apart because I'm taking care of an autistic child, stay-at-home dad, so I've lost my identity, like, all that stuff. So I've I've had a taste of it where, and I'm very mentally aware of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hyper aware of, like, my thoughts and, like, stuff that comes in. I'll just evaluate it and pick it apart from yeah. an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. So I question all of it. But there, there's been many times where I know what the answer is. I know that if I get up and work out or go for a walk or do something, it would help and start to lift me out of that mental state. Um, and to be fair, sometimes I was able to go do it and it still wouldn't help. Mm-hmm. But many times, again, there's just this component of depression that blocks that completely. Where so you feel what, completely hopeless and you. What was it then that. You can't shake it. That got you over the hump. Because obviously you're not depressed anymore. Mine's more. Mine was more circumstantial, which I'm grateful for. Like I could, I could look at points of my life and be like, I'm depressed because of this. Going. Oh, which, which sidetracked hard <laughs> on the depression. Well, going back to this gentleman that I was talking to. Yeah. That he said he was a piece of shit, which obviously broke my heart and I don't. I don't think anybody should ever think of themselves as a piece of shit, especially if they're not mentally stable, especially if they, sure. if they, you know, are depressed or whatever, that doesn't make you a piece of shit. It's true. No, step one is stop using those words. Exactly. You know? But, it, but they, be- so I, how do you think we could, not we, but how do you think he could help himself? <sighs> like, 
What do you think the first step? I don't step? want to sound like an asshole again because it's mm-hmm. I one of my best friends I talk to every single week is severely, severely depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also very introspective too. So we, we talk like this. We have this yeah. level of conversation mm-hmm. at least once a week and we have so for years and we've explored everything I can think of. And that's me reading two books a month on psychology and all kinds of stuff like that and thinking of stuff to try and how to help him and help myself. That was a big motive too for me going down the whole life coach certification mm-hmm. path. Sorry, I'm just stumped here. It's I f- like I feel like it's just trying to prescribe something to a depressed person is really tricky. Yeah. It's really really hard. Like I everything that seems to make sense and be an answer like the nature of the disease of depression undermines it. Mm-hmm. It's really hard, which is why in the whole medical and psychological community, it's no one has clear answers. They're doling out drugs. It's really hard. I mean, there's the clear answers. Get a job, earn money, find an identity, mm-hmm. work out, care about yourself, surround yourself with good people, be positive. But I actually know... S- well, not quite a bit, but I do know some people that have all that and are still depressed. Yeah, for sure. And when you are depressed, if you don't already have that, it's almost impossible to create that. This is going to go back to that book that I actually just finished. I listened to it on the way to St. George and on the way back, I actually finished it. Nice. Which is, I recommend this book to anyone. It's not just for people that want to learn about, it sounds like a medical book, but it's not, if that makes sense. It's called uh, uh, Energy Anatomy. Uh. Uh, what? what were we going to say? I was going to say, it doesn't sound medical. Well, it, it says anatomy. That's uh, medical. Yeah. I mean, just like human anatomy, physiology. I, I read those books, kind of skimmed through them. But energy anatomy, um, it's so good. And it talks about, obviously, your chakras, all your different chakras in your body and how they're connected with certain diseases. Mm. And she actually touched base on um, depression. Mm-hmm. And she even said... This is a hard one. And like she's been studying this for years and years. Like she helps doctors diagnose. Like it's insane. Like her qualifications that she has. And like this one's a tough one. But one of the things that really resonated. Well, there was a lot of things that this whole book resonated with me. Again, I can't stress this enough. I think you should, anybody that is searching for more more answers or that needs help in their life or wants to learn about the energies of the body, which I highly recommend read listen to this book it's on audiobooks or read it energy anatomy by carolyn miss mm-hmm. massey i think it's actually massey for some reason <laughs> carolyn m-y-s-s i don't know how to pronounce her last name but um read that book it's good but she said with depression one of the keys is disconnecting of what makes you unhappy People put so much energy into certain situations, into certain people that are negative. Now, if we're plugged in, and I use the term plugged in, just imagine, and she talks about this in the book, imagine that you have like 100 circuits coming out of your head. And those are all connected to all your organs in your body, all certain parts of your body, all the chakras of your body. Now, if you're plugged in, if 75% of you is plugged in to past negative memories that you had as a child to past negative 
abusive relationships, um, to coworkers that mistreated you, to -hmm. whatever that was negative, if you're plugged in and you never unplugged from that, Mm -hmm. your body is susceptible to diseases. Sure. So I think that is a huge step is unplugging from that. I'm not saying that that's going to be the cure of end all be all. Um, I think it's uh, it's a huge part of it. For sure. But I think it's overlooked. It's very overlooked. Maybe. Um, in the case of my good friend, like, I know the source of his depression. Like, he's got stuff in his past that makes him feel not even not even guilt, but but shame. You know what I mean? He's still plugged into that, though. Yeah, yeah. So what we could do is we could go tell him, hey, dude, let go of that. And he'll be like, oh, why didn't I think of that? I spent 25 years of my life hating myself, and all I had to do was let go. Like, well, no, it's, it's not. It's just a naive approach. To some people, yeah, it is that easy. But to some people, it's not. To some people, they're going to have to go through the whole self-love. Yeah. We're, they have to go through a lot of, of self-love work and realize Hey, I'm deserving of this and I, I don't deserve to have be attached to this memory anymore or be attached to this negative person anymore mm-hmm. and, fi- and, and mentally see yourself unplugged from that. Like there also comes a time where it's like, we think it's so difficult and we're so programmed that to get, to get cured, we have to take all these pills or we have to go, undergo all these surgeries. But really, if we just use our mind and visualize it and really and meditate about it, Try that first. But yeah. again, the nature of depression undermines that. Yeah, but I... I and, and it's not that easy to, to drop that stuff that's like often high-level trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think she's right, this book, in the diagnosis that depression is often stemming from whatever you called it, plugs from prior events or traumas or prior beliefs. But it... <laughs> I and I'm going off of it's like you just said it's not that easy, but that's almost like hinder, hinders it. What hinders what? Well, you're like, well, they had this this past trauma. It's not that easy. Okay, why are you making it harder than it should be? I'm not. I agree with you, but but I I think people use it as as an excuse, and it's still well. I can't let it go because this was. I mean, I was raped. I can't let that go. I can't forgive that person that did that to me. Sure, the answer is letting go. And forgiving. Sure. It, it, it is actually easy, but you have to be in the right mind frame to do it. Yeah, that's the issue though, isn't it? Well, it's, I mean, I think acknowledging it is the first step. And then just saying, I, I'm, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've dealt with other shit. Yeah, I haven't been fully like 100% depressed, but I have gone through depression in many stages of my life. And I remember going and, and being depressed, but it's almost like I put myself there and I made myself suffer more than I should have. Sure. Because, you know, a lot of our, our surroundings are, t- we're taught, especially from a lot of medical doctors, it's, it's harder than you think. And you need to, you need to take these pills and you need to do this and you got to get diagnosed and then you got to go see a therapist for, you know, a hundred hours or whatever. Like they make it a, a, a process. They do. And I think, at least the most of the people that are depressed that I have dealt with directly and have been 
be vulnerable with me, like, so I really understand where they're at. Mm-hmm. They hate that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're not, they don't want to be prescribed shit. They don't want to go down this doctor path because it doesn't work in a lot of cases. Um, and ironic, the, the one of the most common side effects of antidepressants is, like, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> great, great right? idea. Yeah. Um, don't you think that they almost, they're comfortable in a sense, being in that victim or that vulnerable stage. And it's scary to think if they were ever ever to get out of it, what would they do now? What would they identify themselves with? There's, there's going to be a spectrum of answers on that, but I think I think that's a, that's a naive then approach. I mean, it's something to be said, though. Like, who would they identify as? It's almost like a whole new identity. Because they're identifying themselves as I'm depressed. Sure. But again, that's... And that's, I had this thing happen just, to me. It's, it's just right, missing then. the point is all. Like, well, it's missing the point. Like, like you have this assumption right now in that line that that there's there's they're getting some value in the victim role, which I'm sure in some cases is true. There's I, other ones that are in such a place that they don't want any attention. They want to die. Agreed. You know what I mean? Because they cannot uh escape this. They've done all the shit that's been offered and it doesn't stop. So my my only message in this conversation is that it's unfortunate that people don't understand it and are so quick to throw out the Mm band-aids, which every depressed person has heard a billion times. Well, what I'm talking about is not a band-aid. You're saying saying you got to do the shit. Yeah, I'm saying you're going to have to dig deep you. and you're going to face your shadows and you're going to overcome it. That's I, what I'm I saying. I agree, but I'm I'm just... That's no Band-Aid approach. It's not that easy is all I'm saying. Oh, I never said it was easy. There's but this I'm quote saying, from uh, okay. Jim Carrey that I really like, mm-hmm. which uh, I pulled it up here. I believe depression is legitimate, but I also believe that if you don't exercise, eat nutritious food, get sunlight, get enough sleep... Consume positive material, surround yourself with support, then you aren't giving yourself a fighting chance. And Mm -hmm. I agree with that wholeheartedly. But again, the nature of depression undermines those things. So it's it's very tricky Mm -hmm. to get around. So I yeah, just I think there should be a little more compassion with for the people that are in that state that they they'd love to get out of it and they've tried the, the stuff and it's it's really hard well i mean it's not that i don't have compassion i of course i have compassion for people that are going undergoing any disease or anything in their life but there comes a point where sometimes you just need to be bold and say the things that you need to say what do you mean and, you need to or what do you mean or, or anybody like it okay so when we had a conversation with your friend about depression okay and I was like, got down to that he doesn't love himself. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, start there. You can only tell someone so many things before they like they just keep having the same conversation over and over and over without them actually doing the actions. Right, because they don't know how. But you're telling them. Right, but there's a... Stop a, saying negative there's things. There's a disease component okay. that prevents well, it. That, that's where, and going back to the whole start with actions and eventually your mind will catch up. 
Great stop idea. Again, saying, it's like, thank you. Great idea. Okay, well, <laughs> stop saying negative things about yourself. Yeah. Stop repeating these negative memories you have. Yeah. Unplug from them. Mm-hmm. Start there. Yeah. Start to love yourself. Start to actually love yourself. Yeah. I mean, per- I told it's you. It's a perfect plan. I told your friend to look in the mirror and I said, say this in the mirror. I love you. So-and-so. Mm-hmm. His name. He couldn't even do that. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want that. That's, mm-hmm. it scares me. Because mm-hmm. as great as that sounds, uh, he doesn't believe that. And so then he's looking in the mirror and lying to himself okay. and it makes himself feel like a fraud and sinks him deeper. So you need to do that until you believe yourself. Uh, that's, that's, well, I'm just saying like, <laughs> what? I'm not going to sugarcoat things. It's not sugarcoating. It is it's just sugarcoating. But it's almost like, well, what, how else, how else are you going to help him? Or how else he's going to help himself? But that cycle that I just described, it doesn't lift them up a little bit. It sinks them okay, deeper then because sink now them deeper they feel like and, a fraud. And then sometimes you have to go through the dark shadows to come back up to the light. R- okay. So well, sometimes you have to keep... face your shadows. No, I'm yeah, not saying. Sometimes you do. No, <laughs> are you laughing at me? I'm saying sometimes you have to face it and continue to do the actions, and then eventually you'll believe yourself. Maybe, maybe that's it. Well, it's worked for many people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it. I hope it can help everyone. Well, I it just he's he won't that even is the he answer. won't even. I'm not saying that's a full answer, but it's a bit. It's a good start. No, I'm not being sarcastic. He won't that even look. At, he won't even look in the mirror, and it breaks my heart because I'm like, how? You have a great body. You're a good-looking guy. Like, just say it until you believe it. Yeah. Really like him, by the way. Yeah, he's good. I'm just trying to, you know, figure out some stuff mm-hmm. to help him. It's really hard. That's all. Of course. Mm-hmm. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah.